Every Sunday, I will draft my week. Every day, I have few things that are non-negotiable though. And it's my training. It's non-negotiable. I think I'm the kind of guy who likes to be busy. I love training. I love playing football. I love being active in general. Like it's the main part of my life. I, I need something to take my mind off football sometimes, else it gets too uh, tunnel visioned. At that time, all I could really comprehend was football. Why are we trying so hard to have fun here? And you meet uh, Monday and still people will talk, oh, we had so much fun. And it's just like, did we? I slowly just got new people in my life who were much more aligned with a direction I could uh, see myself going also. So yeah, recently I embarked on this new venture. Do us good forever, guys. Hit the follow subscribe button. Share this with someone who would benefit from it. And help us grow, as the more we grow, the better the episodes we get. Thanks guys for helping us, and let's get into the episode. Welcome back to this episode of the Sculptor Podcast. Today we are joined by guest Sebastian Avanzini, which is an absolute honor for us. Uh, it's a really exciting episode today. Sebastian and I got to know each other on LinkedIn, and it's going to be a very exciting conversation. So, Sebastian, if you could give a quick introduction to who you are to our guest. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, my name is uh, Sebastian Avanzini. I am from uh, from Denmark. I am 28 years of age, and um, currently I play professional football in Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia. Awesome. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. I actually don't know too many footballers who play in Malaysia. There's a few Australians there. I think you even have an Australian in your team. Um, but yeah, it's a pretty cool experience. I remember when I was in Singapore one time, I watched a game there and then the next day went to the Lego Lab in Malaysia. <laughs> yes. I was pretty young then, but, um, yeah, no, it's a really exciting, um, episode guys. And, and what we'll do is we'll get straight into some quick fire questions for Sebastian. So first question, and this is a very open question, but <laughs> why full okay. Um, because my dad, uh, being shot here, that is from Italy. So it's, if you're a boy, <laughs> you don't have a choice. <laughs> you play football. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure that in Denmark, it's, it's the same there as well. Yeah. I mean, um, in, in, in Europe, it's a little different. In Denmark, obviously in all of Europe, football is, uh, it's, it's, it's the sport. It's a, uh, yeah. you play football and if you really don't like football, you can play something else, but especially in the South Europe, you know, Spain, Italy, Portugal, all these, uh, these countries. It's, you don't have a choice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not awesome. Now, this one, again, is also quite an open question, but do you have a favorite pair of boots all time? All time? Oh, well, not a, I don't have an all time favorite pair of boots. I think it's a little in different areas of my life. Um, mm -hmm. Currently, I am, uh, I'm wearing Puma, um, the future Puma uh, boots, which I really, really like. So uh, that's my go-to at this point, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. My, my co-host and myself, we both have the same boots that we, we wear. He sent me his old pair and they are the Magista Obras and oh. they're my favorite all time and they're his as well. And for some reason, oh, I think I have four pairs of them. They're my favorite boots <laughs> of all time. All time. Yeah. Um, never, never change or something that works out. Huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now, the next question is the best holiday destination. Oh, for me, it's, uh, for me, it's, um, I'll have to, for two different reasons. Um, I really like now, ever since coming here, we are not too far away from Indonesia. So, so I think Bali is, uh, Bali is definitely up there. Um, I think as an Australian, you most likely also have a visit to that place. So, um, but, so that's one. Um, the other one would be, uh, for me, it's Italy. I, my family is still in Italy and uh, the food, the, everything, like the, the culture for me is, uh, 
practice, of course. It's like going home, right? Yeah, yeah, there's definitely some good destinations there. I mean, it makes it easier when you got family in the locations as well, for sure. Exactly. Italy tops it off 100%. Now, you've lived in quite a few locations I've seen in terms of around Denmark and then also obviously now Malaysia. That's a very different world in, in, in Southeast Asia. So what is the best place that you've lived? Ah, uh, 100% KL, um, where I live right now, um, as a football player, you know, like you say, it's, you live sometimes like a nomad. It's, you live in a, I've lived multiple places myself. Um, and, um, yeah, some good cities on paper, which has been all right. But when I think about everything, it's definitely kale. Definitely. Well, yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. Now we kind of also already introduced this question. But we didn't ex- say it explicitly. But I can kind of guess that how old you were when you started playing football. But what age did you think you started playing football? Uh, I think I started my first club when I was uh, when I was like uh, three. But it's a little different, you know. Um, it's it's again, it's like when you're able to walk, you yeah. and uh, your dad has seen you. Now he can uh, now he can uh, now he can walk. Now he can uh, he knows that he has to shoot the ball get him out there so it's i think i was three years old <laughs> wow <laughs> that's crazy um now i also on your linkedin profile i've seen that you just started a new uh project on the side which yeah yeah, yeah. you can also introduce and this ties into this so what is your favorite thing to do outside of football oh um yeah so i'm the i think i'm the kind of guy who likes to be busy um i love training i love playing football i love being active in general love working out so obviously that has always been like the like it's the main part of my life. But I think as you grow, I've always like after I did I did my schools uh, also on the side of football. So when I was finished with uni, and I felt like I I need something to take my mind off football sometimes, else it gets too uh, tunnel visioned. Um. So yeah, recently I embarked on this new venture called Icebox, which is yeah. It's portable ice baths, you know, as an athlete, like you are used to cold water recovery with ice baths. And so, um, and yeah, in Denmark, especially in the, in the, in the West, I guess it's uh, this concept is already very much very, very popular. I would say for multiple different reasons, not just the recovery physically, but also like uh, the mental recovery. So, uh, so yeah, coming here to a very tropical, uh, country, um, I thought, yeah, let's uh, let's do something fun on the side, and uh, I got a great partner involved in this also. So, yeah, so far so good, man. <laughs> yeah, awesome. yeah, I remember when I was in the Aros, we went to. This was in the winter time as well. We went into like the like, Aros was beautiful. They got the most amazing architecture ever, and you just go into like their their town kind of, and you just have these high rise buildings which look amazing, and then you've got yeah. the ocean that's just there, and then you just see a bunch of people just going in. And then they have yeah. these little saunas in, um, uh, exactly. It, it's like the barrel. And I, yeah. I, I even went to Horsens and you previously played for Horsens and, and I saw that yeah. they had them there as well. And yeah, exactly. it's, um, they go from the cold to the heat back in. Exactly. I'm thinking, wow. Yeah. It's, it's very, very cool. And I'm sure in Malaysia, it's, it's so humid. Like it's exactly, it's probably really nice to go into an ice bath rather than traveling. Oh, absolutely. So it's like, uh, yeah. but you know, it's also a cultural thing, you know. I don't know if it's if it's the Viking era after in Scandinavia with Denmark and Baldo. Yeah. But it's but it's but it's it's true for them. It I know right now it's uh you know, with the whole uh, we live in a time where, where there's a lot of uh, we are we are very aware of our health 
it's a lot uh, like we especially after covid so um now we want to take care of ourselves and one way especially the the like finland denmark sweden norway these countries they've uh, sort of embraced this is by uh, yeah that alternating between first and saunas and uh and the, and ice baths so uh yeah here it's so humid so um it's a it's it's a new thing and people need to sort of like get started and there's a lot of education involved in it but uh but people are genuinely intrigued by it. what is it and uh, we've seen it what 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 is not really here so the people are quite uh, some are just scared of it but but it's okay so far yeah and that's funny you said that, that people are scared of it because last night i was doing it with my dad and he hadn't done it before and oh, oh it was so funny it was so funny he was scared <laughs> and then like when you get into it it's not too bad um yeah and then I got a freezing cold bottle of water and he had no idea and I poured it down his neck and oh, he, he screamed out of pain. <laughs> he was so scared. And I was thinking, is it that bad? <laughs> it was really funny. But yeah, no, ice baths, definitely a very good tool for athletes and just I think anyone in general for health yeah. all around. Yeah, very, very excellent. Cool. Now, getting into, away from the quick fire questions, I want to see a bit more about what it looks like to being Sebastian's shoe for a day. And, and I'm talking about an average day, in season, out of season, whatever it is, even if you go through what you've already done today or what you did yesterday, what does it look like for you on an average day? So usually what I'll do is I'll plan my my, uh, my workouts, my training, so I will be on the field or, uh, yeah, most likely on the field. I like to, uh, I don't like to do too, like, heavy workouts in the gym and stuff like that. I like to go to the gym, but it's I like to be very active. I know I'm an athlete, so... Uh, I do that as early as I can. So this morning it'll be now it's nine, nine twenty. But this morning, so seven a.m. I I will go to uh, wherever. So I'll have an organized uh, PT um, with me uh, in football, for instance, a coach, and then I can uh, choose what is it I want to work on. Um, it is you know in off season you get to be a little more specific on small details. Um, maybe you've seen some flaws in your game throughout the season, which is something you feel like I haven't done this for a long time. So I'll do that, do some conditioning. Um, then now today I'm with you and then, then I can can start to, uh, there's uh, the media side to it obviously. And then there's, uh, now I have Icebox, so most likely because we're in it, we just started. So there's a lot of meetings, a lot of awareness needs to be built. And um, yeah, so it's mostly I will work and then in the evening I will uh, go to the gym. And um, yeah, that's my day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, it's, a typical kind of athlete day I can see. And, and when yeah. you plan your days, are you planning in terms of doing a checklist? Like for myself, every night before I go to bed, I'm saying, this is what I need to do. This is the time slots that I'm doing. it, And these are the must-dos every single day. Do you have a similar process where you're planning Absolutely. your day? Yeah. Absolutely. I think, I, think, I think for efficiency in general, not just for an athlete, I think a lot of people wake up uh, on a default. So mm. you see a lot of people today, especially we have social media, we have so many distractions. So, for me, what works for me is very similar to what you do. I will, every Sunday, I will draft my week. What is it I need to do? Of course, on the run, there will come more tasks, something maybe I have to do something that is not so important. But in general, whatever, every day, I have some a few things that are non-negotiable though. And it's my training, it's non-negotiable. So of course, if there's something extremely important, I can rearrange it. But for instance, what I like to do, my morning, the first thing I have to do is be active. So. It's, it's just, I know every day that's how it is. It's been like that for many, many years. And um, after that, yeah, I will have a plan for now. Let's say it's a meeting. Now it's maybe something specific I need to I need to get done. Maybe it's on the laptop. I don't know. But 
it's it's very similar to you and i think that structure i think humans it's a balance you need to be you need to be able to be uh, have the luxury of being spontaneous but to have that luxury you need for me at least i think it's very important that you that you organize everything that you are that you're structured so you can take the freedom to do it um not just live on default and then uh whatever you will only get half the shit done then. yeah yeah for sure and it's funny you mentioned the spontaneous thing my co-host most spontaneous guy ever he, <laughs> he, he's in greece and then the next day his team gets two days off flies to the netherlands comes back i don't know how this guy does it me personally i could never do that <laughs> but he loves the spontaneous um yeah but for me i love the structure and then i can see that i also see that structure that you like there as, as well because you said first thing in the morning you've you got to move the body and and yeah. i'm very similar with with my training when i don't have team training or it's just an individual off season whatever first thing have to train it's just exactly. it just sets your day up right you can exactly. then focus on the other things you can me me personally i've always doing my linkedin stuff i'm always you know posting stuff on there and and, and similar to to what you're doing with with icebox now it's just you know building something and i exactly. think that building something is so uh, i think for guys we just love to build things and and when you're building something that's exactly great you want people to get around it and i can see that Absolutely. you've got that how long have you? Yeah. How long have you? If I can ask you, how long have you? Uh, like, uh, I see your LinkedIn. You're very, you're very active. Also, there. How long have you been uh, very active on LinkedIn? Yeah. So I think it's around six years now. And six years. It's. I think when I first started playing football seriously, and it was just uploading training videos, uploading game videos, uh, connecting with people like yourself. And it, it's crazy that LinkedIn has been so fundamental for me because every single team that I've played for in the past six years. It's come from LinkedIn. Oh wow! Even even my journey, yeah. It's it's um, it's the same as my co-host. I've actually never met my co-host in person. Um, it's literally just through LinkedIn, and wow. it was the same with my original co-host. Yeah, no, it's um, that all of our listeners when when we talk about LinkedIn, I hope that they they listen to this and they know that you know, LinkedIn's where it's at. And and quite often the guests that I get are on the podcast exactly like yourself are from LinkedIn. So um. I always try and promote uh, the, the LinkedIn use because I think it's the best way to connect because just like, you know, this, this conversation that we're having now, right? We'll then be able to, you know, network with other people just through this conversation. And it's it's such an important part of my day. And I mean, I, I saw it's an important part of your day as well because that's how we connected. Yeah, absolutely. No, and I'm definitely much uh, newer to this whole, uh, to the LinkedIn uh, like platform. Um, so... Yeah, I was uh, quite a, when I saw when I saw your saw your profile, somebody who's been able to consistently throughout the ISA six years. That's amazing, man. Very good, very good job. So, like uh, for you to build, you've built also a very big audience there. Yeah, twenty two thousand players, I think, almost. I see, that's a, that's amazing, and that's just through what the consistent work, right? Yeah, exactly. Just placing every single training session, every single game, and yeah, I mean, ideally, right? This is where. For the rest of my years playing football, the opportunities will come to me. Mm, absolutely, and you—I mean, that's also another thing we can touch because there's not, maybe not so much for me in LinkedIn. I haven't done that, unfortunately. I've been more, I guess, the traditional football football player. But the personal branding when you are when you are an athlete, you are still very very young. I'm now. I'm. I guess I'm in the mid of my career, um, and. Um, now I've, I've done it more like on the other platforms, whether it's been TikTok, whether it's been the 
Instagram. And I recently embarked on this journey for the very same reasons that you're actually saying. So it's more theory for me, which is really, really cool that you've actually managed to do that. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's another thing is like the personal branding today as, a, as an athlete. It's, uh, it's you can leverage hugely from it because the generations before that, uh, before me, I'm 28 now. So let's say my seniors, the ones who are maybe retired now, who are like 40 now, they don't have that relationship with social media. Um, so they don't know how wait, this personal branding, what is this? How do we do that? But uh, so it's still quite new. And the before you are an athlete, you don't have to be Ronaldo to do that. You just need to, as you have done very, very well, be consistent about it. And there's a lot of opportunity for me, not with the clubs, really. I've um, I never had that uh, luxury, I guess, but or that privilege. But it's uh, more in terms of uh, now, uh, for instance, Puma. I, Puma, I have, will be backed by them now. Other sponsors like Optimum Nutrition or like they they will they will see you and that exposure is so important for you as an athlete. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And my co-host he has the exact same story. Now he's got his own protein company and he's sponsoring clubs all around the world. It's amazing what he's doing there. And yeah, no, it's really exciting. And that's actually the the other reason why I wanted to get you on for an episode was when I saw what you're doing now, business business wise. It's um very cool because that's what I'm trying to do as well. And you're trying to as you said, build that personal branding up. And this is bringing me on to the next kind of topic that I wanted to ask you about, which was when you were younger, let's say 19 or even 15, right? What, what was your day like then? And did it change over time? Because I'm sure that there's been a series of refinement that has been going on yeah. the last 10 years. Absolutely. So when I was 15, again, Europe, uh, the whole way, the upbringing as a football player in Europe is very different from uh, for instance what i experienced in malaysia i would imagine maybe also in australia um but when i was 15 my day was obviously i was still in school so you train in the morning you go to school train in the afternoon so it's uh i guess you have the academies down here they are collaborating with the schools so um i went to a, a, one of the big academies in, in denmark Came through the ranks there and so you have that very rigid schedule um every day and i guess at that time all i could really comprehend was football 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 and um it's a blessing and it's a curse um as you grow older when you get out of school you realize okay now you have to start to play okay now i'm a full-time professional now i have to now i have to wake up go to training and then suddenly you have this gap Okay, I trained 10 a.m. in the morning. Now I'm finished 11.30. I go, I drive home. What now? Right? So that's why I think as a, as a football player, there's many different ways to do it. Um, and some maybe have chosen some, I've seen, we've seen in recent times with the, where it's been gambling, where there's been, there's a lot of stories for football players. But yeah, like your, like your co-host and yourself, for me, it's, uh, I guess that development, personal development over the years, sort of, got me to uh look you actually have a life that enables you to grow like really pursue growth um you're not you're not uh, doing the nine to five uh, job uh, routine you're finished in the morning you have all the cards on your hand to really do something with your life and try to take risks and everything and i guess from an early age now it's icebox but it's been other i guess uh, ventures before that and um yeah, so that's something I that's really changed over the course of, I guess, my life. Yeah, awesome. And do you think that that's because 
Now, as you mentioned, right, like footballs, we have so much time. That's something that I, when I, my first professional contract that I was on, I I had to make myself have less time and just devote yeah. more time to just being literally like at the training ground. Because I'm like, okay, too much time is sometimes a bad thing. And when you focus, we, we had a sports psychologist on who was um actually with the English, England national team. And oh, yeah. he was talking about how, and, and similar to what you were saying before, um, when we spend too much time focusing on football or anything of that sake, it's our energy, mental energy is going there. And just yeah. like physical energy, it can be depleted. And that's yeah. where purposeful distractions come in very handy. And this is um, a criteria of mine. Whenever I work with someone on, on a business level, whether it's a podcast and a co-host, whatever it is, I make sure that they read this book if they haven't read it already, which is Relentless by Tim Grover. And oh, yeah. Maybe you know it? I know it. I've, I've never read it. I've only, mm-hmm. uh, I've only uh, read the like, extraction. Yeah, okay. And essentially, it's talking about how it's, it's Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, all these things. And I, I believe that as athletes, we, we typically do have this type of mentality. And I always talk about working smarter and harder, which is actually the sculpted analogy. And it's all about utilizing the time we have and how can we start to use everything around us as a library, right? Icebox for you, although it's separate from football, it's going to help you as a footballer. And this is where for me sculpted this podcast is helping me with football because i'm connecting with people like yourself i'm speaking with coaches i'm learning more i'm seeing how sebastian lives his life i'm seeing all these different things and this is how i think as as athletes as footballers we're at a point of privilege a big point of privilege because we have so much time and like you mentioned a nine to five that's a very it takes a lot out of you and a lot of the time it's not what you want to do exactly footballers we love playing football and then the rest of the day we have free and and this kind of brings me on to the point where i want to ask over time you had school okay but after school what was that transition like to having so much time in your day and being paid to play football what was that kind of like for you uh, it's strange because when you're going to school you have your peers who are um still living a very different life so you grow up you play football and you already when you start you you know you get in your teens and you see now um, your friends start to get other interests. They were like, like to stay out late. They maybe they start really. There's a party going on here and there. I had a very strict. Um, I have a very strict uh, background with the with these things. Um, coming from a, I guess, quite Catholic home, so it's like. Um, so I it was for me. I was a little late with all of these things, and I had my football, so it didn't really fit into my life. But I saw my peers was like slowly gravitating in another area, like another um, direction. So for me, I never really got on that train. So when school was finished and I suddenly, okay, now I just have training. Now I actually have uh, even uh, more time than I, I was, I was at an age where I actually, look, this lifestyle is not really compatible with, with, with long nights. Um, so eventually what happened for me, um, was my peers from uh, when I grew up, I, I don't, Unfortunately, but I don't. I don't really. I'm not seeing my my childhood, uh, I guess, friends anymore because we we chose different directions. And my today my my network now I sit with you and I talk, but all my my very close friends are are, are very are just like you said, very ambitious people who are living all around the world who are now uh, who live the same lifestyle. So we're much more aligned, and it's and it makes it easier for me. I don't feel like I'm um like there's no FOMO. I'm not missing out on anything, and we are actually just committed to 
building obviously our our careers, our our our, our uh, startups, our, our businesses. Um, it's all about growth in the end, and um, that's I was lucky that the tra- transition. Um, I slowly just got new people in my life um, who were much more aligned with a direction I could uh, see myself going. Also, yeah, awesome, and I think that that's very common for footballers when you see interviews with ex-professional footballers i mean footballers are typically like the cool guys at school you know yeah and yeah yeah and then the, they also don't go to the parties necessarily and i'm sure there are footballers who go to the parties but for example absolutely, absolutely. The, the the ones who probably do the best in football are the ones who never go to the parties or they, they try and you know have these boundaries in place and i love your point on what the extent of your friendships are now i actually have a word that i call allies and I think it's perfectly summarized with the friendships that I have right now. Just like with my co-host, I've never met him in person. And this yeah, is the yeah. exact same for many other of my allies before before I met them in person. So, yeah, it's um, they're people who you can call upon and they're people mm. who you trust because they're on the same uh, journey as you. And it's, it's that building something. It's something that they have aspirations for. And it's someone who you can call upon and grow with. And that's exactly... Uh, such such an important thing and, and I love seeing the reflection how from when you were younger that, that natural filtration process happens and I wanna I wanna see how that happened for you. Was this something where you had to experiment? You maybe you went to a few parties and then you realized it doesn't fit with the schedule. Maybe you turned up the training one time late because you know you slept <laughs> in. What what was that switch for you? Was it Yeah, I by I think I think uh, I think everybody will when you're when you're younger you will try to experiment at some point, right? Um, I think for me, it was, uh, it's the FOMO, uh, especially today, you know, young people, they grow up, it's all about FOMO. They are so afraid of not missing out on, if it's the party, if it's whatever, right? It's always like that. Um, and at some point it just got so big in me, like, what am I missing out on? And, you know, you meet in school the next, the, uh, the Monday and they went out Friday, they went out Saturday and you're like, they just, they, all they talk about is happening then and that or. You just you come you come there and you're like, that sounds amazing, that sounds so good like the like the most fun ever. I've never had that amount of fun in my life. Then you start to experiment and okay, I'll try to see that, and you realize well, this is uh, for me at least. I'm not talking on behalf of everybody, but about this is not so fun. Why are we trying? Why are we trying so hard to have fun here? And you meet uh, Monday and still people will talk. Oh, we had so much fun, and it's just like did we? Did we really? And um, I think like that. I just, um, it was actually a very conscious decision for me. I know for some, they'll just, their trajectory will just take the nah, it's not for me. But I remember I was actually very conscious about it and said, look, wait, I, I'm, I don't have to do this. I don't, I don't really need to. And so have in mind, this is maybe like, say, at least a decade ago, I had those, I guess, those uh, questions in my in my brain. Um, I, uh, But to this day, I don't have it. If I still have, of course, we, People are allowed to go out. I'm not. People, we are not all the same. Um, and I do like going out to uh, to maybe sit and have a like have a good chat over a nice dinner and everything. But the whole uh, let's say the the clubbing scene and everything. No, it's it's not even because this is the first Islam and off season. I could do it if I wanted to. It's just I don't want to. It's it's really that simple. I don't have that FOMO. I I it's it's a habit. If you if you if you keep thinking about it, yeah. You what am I missing out on? But if you keep saying, like, your structure in your life, if you keep saying, no, it's, it's not an option, I'm not going there. 
he, st he stops thinking about it. Why would you think of something that is not an option? Yeah, yeah I love so. that. And I think, as you mentioned, right, it's going to be different for everyone. And I think that I have a very um, different approach to most. And I've never done anything of, of, of that sort, which I've, I've kind of purposely restricted myself. But I don't, I don't want to go into that too much because if mm -hmm. people listen to this podcast, they already know that. So uh, what I want to see is when you when you see people doing that, when, when you're, let's say, 18, 19, what's keeping you to stick with your vision? Because that, that fear of missing out is massive. And I've had friends who have had that fear of missing out and they've let it take them. Do you think that the thing that is actually keeping you accountable could be something that isn't even happening yet? It's something that you want to become. Do you think that oh, having absolutely. this thing that you want to become actually is like a source of accountability to stop you from doing that? And, and have you had those moments in your life where you've thought, I don't want to do this because of that? Does that happen to you? Absolutely. I still have it so much to this day. It's uh, that, uh, like the vision you talk about, your whole, if you have a vision and you have that when you're 28, when um, I believe for it's a character trait, I will most likely have it when I'm 40. The same goes with you. So I, when I was, from I was as young as I can remember, um, all the way from my teens, all I wanted was to become a football player. I have made some terrible mistakes also in my football career, but all of it has always, I've always prioritized my vision and I've sometimes chosen the wrong path and I've had to learn along the way. Um, but the vision has always been my first priority. And when I'm in doubt, it's the, it's the same. What helps me get to that point? Because we will, we will, we will have to decide every day. You have decisions every day. And in that particular setting, when you're, when you're a teenager at some point, yeah, there's this temptation right here, right now. You'll get, you'll get tempted all the time. Um, especially if you live a life where, where you're really pursuing something, maybe you will start to see some results, you'll get some success and with success comes even more temptations. Um, so, and I'm not saying something particular, but there could be all sorts of temptations. And that is uh, another test that, um, again, triggers that, what am I missing out on? Imagine what I, that would be so funny. And I've, I've obviously I've felt that, but as you grow older, as you mature now, I feel I'm definitely more grounded than I was eight, when I was 18. But yeah, it's the same thing. I can maybe say it more specific now, um, than I could back then, but I've always had this idea of the man I want to become. Um, mm. and, um. I don't, I, I don't, I don't compromise on that. At least, at least I try really hard not to. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, I like the point where you were talking about with success, it comes a whole load of other temptations and you didn't explicitly say anything because it also could be good or bad temptations. And what I mean by that is sometimes it could be a temptation like starting something which doesn't align with where you want to go. And this is where I think the yeah. icebox thing is very interesting for you because it does align with you. And that's what I was very cautious with, with my own business endeavors with Sunil, mm -hmm. that is what I talked about before. Everything around me needs to help me with football. How can I make everything around me help me with football? To the average person, they may not think that a podcast mm -hmm. helps me with football, but I make it help me with football. And I'm sure that you've adapted that same thing. So. When you think about that in your life, have you ever had to start something new or, or stop something that you've been doing yeah. to make sure that you keep going that direction? 
Absolutely. I think that is, if you are that very, because if you are a visionary, you also have that urge to just, like you said in the beginning, actually start building. And sometimes you 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 derail a little from what you're building, so you start building another thing. That's also nice because you get a got a get a good idea. Same yeah. happens for me. And yes, I have uh, definitely embarked on ventures. I have uh, um, gotten like being tempted by an idea in the moment, which I just thought, oh, that's amazing, but suddenly lost my sight of the vision. Of the vision. That's why I'm saying I'm trying not to compromise. I'm trying. I'm doing my best. We we are just human beings. We cannot. We will we will make mistakes and sometimes we will derail from what we've said. But yeah, with goes without saying. For me, it's the same. That's one of my biggest still challenges today. Not uh, wanting to because you want you wanna you wanna grow so bad. You, you that's that's why I'm, I'm that's what really motivates me building building stuff. So not building too many different things uh, because in the end you have twenty four hours a day. You will sleep some of them. You will have to trying some of them you will so in the end you have x amount of hours how do you allocate your time and that is something we talked about structure before that is something my structuring really helps me when you see something like visually and you and you point it on why am i doing that but what, what's most important this this or this well what's your vision is this okay i go with a not b and c that's a very very easy way to actually sometimes see if what you're doing is it is it where I'm going or not? Or is it just because I think right now, I just woke up yesterday and thought, that's a great idea. That, that yeah, that happens to me also. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and that comes with that awareness you're talking about. And it's a tricky thing because, you know, as, as we said, sometimes when, when we have this vision, we just want to do. And when we do, we want to do it well. And, and it's um, a tricky one to navigate for sure. And, and I'd say I, I'm still I'm still working through that now because I don't want to oh, get... Uh, yeah, like... We don't want to, you know, we don't want to forget about football. Football is the ultimate reason. So how can we make sure that everything is our library? That's that's a massive thing. Now, I remember just previously you spoke about your parents and you grew up in a in a strict Catholic household. I want to see a little bit more about that. And you don't have to go into anything uh, too uncomfortable or anything like that. But I just want to see how your parents were uh, as you grew up because also you did a lot of moving around, everything like that. I mean, it's like me. I, I moved to Germany when I was 15 by myself. I I think my, I've got the best parents in the world. Now. It's crazy that they let exactly. me do that. So yeah, how how was it growing up for you, and and what were your parents um helping you with football? So yeah, um, divorced parents um have an Italian dad, obviously with the with all with the more, I guess um principles of uh, how you live your life comes from there. But I have a, also um I have a a mom who's uh um she's very very hardworking, so she became a great example for me growing up. But Growing up, it was, uh, you know, in a, especially in a, when you live in the more, I say, you just live in Germany yourself, in the more, I guess, wealthy Western countries, um, there's a lot of freedom. A lot of, yeah, especially now, it's more free than ever. Um, yeah. And um, when you come from more traditional households, you don't have that amount of freedom. And that is something I'm very grateful for. Um, you talked about temptations and parties, maybe, like, it can be everything. Um and um, I did I did not uh, appreciate it when I was younger. I thought, why am I the only one who has rules like this? Um, but to this day, I see the values that, especially coming from uh, not from both my parents, it's uh, I've never to this day I've never missed the training. I've never I'm never late. All of these things, it's uh, it's 
And in the end, if you want to do something, if you have a vision, it's you can say it's 10% brains, 10% talent, but it's in the end, it's all about consistency. That's what I realized at this age. And um, when I think about my parents, um, it's that is the most important thing that I've taken away from my upbringing. You moved to Germany when you were 15. Um, I moved out when I was 16, I think. Um, and um, yeah, ever since then, I'm 28 today. So it's been, so then I've been home sometimes and just visiting for some months if there's during COVID, for instance. Um, but um, but in the end, it's always been, uh, it's been like that. They, they've all always encouraged me to, to, um, to really pursue my dreams and to pursue my dreams i knew just like yourself i had to i had to go out i had to move out and not necessarily do what's what's most comfortable that which is what you want when you're 15. you just want to have fun with your friends you just want to yeah but somehow my parents were really good at hey if you if, if especially my dad he was very like you can be a doctor you can be a football player you can be whatever you want but the minute you choose and he said that, but I know he, he it's football for you. Um, but he said, the minute you choose, there's no, there's, there's no bargaining, there's no negotiations. There are things you have to do. You have to train, you have to sleep, you have to wake up, you have to, you have to eat properly. You cannot go out late. So all of these things, I was, I was very fortunate to live when I see now my, also players were more talented than me who never made a career for themselves. The thing that really separated me from them, because in Europe, you know, not, not up in Germany, competition is outrageous. Um, it's really, really, really difficult to to come through that zero point one percent air hole um, because everybody, the mass is so big and so many great, 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 great players. But what separated me from the others was definitely that I did not, I could not bargain on these uh, small things. It was. Uh, my dad's principles took me a long way, and now they're my principles, and I still live to them. But yeah, to this day. Yeah. Awesome. I, I find it so interesting hearing different stories on, on different people, for example, because someone else in your shoes may have reacted the complete opposite. That fear of missing out and the restriction that your dad may have put on you, for other people, they just want to rebel. They want to do the complete opposite. Yeah. In another situation, like for me, for example, my parents put no restrictions on me. I put all the restrictions on myself and my parents are like, no, no, take, take the restrictions <laughs> off. And it's, it's like the complete opposite. And it's so interesting hearing, uh, how in, in the same situation, put a different person in that situation. Every time it's going to be a different reaction. Absolutely. It's yeah, honestly, it's a very interesting thing to hear from, from different people. But on top of that, talking about improvement and how you improve now, for me, improvement's massive. Again, the sculpted analogy, when we think about improvement, I talk about refinement. And if you've got a big rock in front of you and you're chiseling away, every single chisel is a purposeful reminder. And that's the analogy that I like to use. So when you try to improve at anything, what are you aiming for? Are you aiming to, for that ultimate vision? Do you always thinking, okay, I'm doing this for the ultimate vision, or maybe I'm doing this for another reason? What, what does improvement actually look like to you? Um, I live by a very, this principle is very massive for me. And um, it's something I, when I speak to, still if I'm doing coaching, if I'm helping, whether it's football players, it's entrepreneurs, I say it all the time. I call it six out of 10. Um, as a football player, you're a goalkeeper. I'll just use it in your specific situation. If I were to come and watch you play and you had a 10 out of 10 game, which means you, all your 
you're kicking out your passes and everything, and you had a 10 out of 10 game, 10, 10 out of 10 game, I would be very worried for you. Why? Because you've taken a lot of, you've taken maybe a massive risk here and there, and it, it turned out well. What is, what for me is very, very important in what I do, it's not about that I'm the greatest every day. I will do my best, but what my focus is slightly different. I always focus on showing up and always delivering six out of 10. That consistency in life is what really makes the difference. Um, of course, you want to, if you can raise it to seven out of 10 every time, please. But this is more the concept. And if you hit an eight or nine out of 10, especially my season this year, I've had a very, very good personal season. Play every game, I play every minute. And is it because I don't have a single nine or 10 out of 10 performance? I don't. It's not what's important. What's important when you want to grow is that you always go out and make sure that you can perform consistently. Then you can raise your bar. You don't raise your bar by, by always aiming for see how you can hit 10 out of 10. Start here. Always deliver this and then move the needle a little. So you're a little bit better than last year. And that's how you raise your level. You want to judge somebody, not just a football player, but a person. How bad is that person at that person's worst? That's how at least I see it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a very, very good analogy because what that allows you to do and what you said, right, is to get those small incremental improvements because uh, let's say most people can do a 6 out of 10. Most people can, but everyone is aiming for a, for a 10 out of 10 and, and mm -hmm. to a degree, so they should be, but being okay with the 6 out of 10 is also a strategic improvement to get you closer to the 10 out of 10. Uh, something that I talk about a lot is the, the purposeful delusion. And not that this is explicitly purposeful delusion. This is more purposeful awareness, I think. Mm. And this is something that's achievable for, for pretty much everyone to get a 6 out of 10. Or maybe you start at a 4 out of 10, whatever that looks like. Then improving that, whether it's a 4.2 out of 10, then working that up, that 2%, that sorry, that 0.2% that you add each time or each year eventually gets you ahead of the others and that's where it's uh, a, a very it's a very measurable thing because as you mentioned right you come see me mm -hmm. 10 out of 10 next week 2 out of 10 next week yeah. 4 out of 10 that's inconsistency it doesn't allow you to have a full picture of me and, and I think that this is something that happens as you mature you probably found this out uh, as you've you know played more football games as you've the more and more you know experience you've had you probably get yeah. to this realization a bit more um, and and you know, I may have the awareness for this, but I still wouldn't say that I'm at the level that you might be because I'm still trying to, you know, get my six out of 10. So it, it comes through a lot of uh, development and, and a lot of awareness, which is a, a very, a very good point. I think, I think also, sorry, if I can uh, uh, yeah. interrupt one, one second, it's, uh, it's also because I think a lot of people, they, when I say focus on six out of 10, in that, me saying that, I'm also saying there are some specific things you should focus on and some things you should not. And I'm not talking about it, that if a scale, I'm talking about what you can control. Yeah. When I say that, whether you're a football player or you're a content creator or you are in school, it's very simple. If there's some things you can always control and that is your attitude. And your attitude is big. So even if you maybe don't have, you're not having the best game, but if you still carry yourself, Sometimes, you know, the frame is more important than the picture sometimes. Don't have a bad attitude. Don't like this with your teammates or that too. 
um, get emotional. If you can control that, if you can control, and that's, it's your behavior, because you might feel like inside you are feeling for some reason, but if you can control that. That's your behavior. You can always control your behavior. So controlling your behavior and your attitude is always what I say to people. No matter what you do, control that. Get Put your focus on that. Because you, you've played football for the, your whole life also. You are a good football player. It's not like you're going to wake up tomorrow and then suddenly you forgot how to catch a ball. It's not like that. So you just accept that you're a good goalkeeper. Instead, focus for you, your attitude, and your behavior. Have a good body language. All these things. Try to be positive. Do these things. Do these good things for you. If you focus on that, you make sure you get that right. That's the first step. To always ensure that you will have a quite decent performance. Sebastian, that was such a good point. And I can... I can you, you said it so well. Like, it was... <laughs> It was very good. Uh, on, on adding to that, it made me realize about something that I have in my own life, which I kind of, I never really uh, gave a name to it, but mm. I, I didn't give a name to the, the process, but I gave names to it, uh, to the, the six out of 10 model, you could say. And, and what I have yeah. is my journal, which um, that hopefully a few of the, the listeners actually use. Um, it's the 2024 journal for sculpting. And it's what, it's based on what the app will be. And uh, essentially, I categorize my days in a maintenance day, a rest or a vital day, or a sculpting day. And I have a, you know, essentially the app will be an algorithm where it gives you a score on what that day looks like. But going for a bare minimum day, if I'm just able to complete my journal, that gets me to a sculpting score. Because what I'm doing is I'm making my day better right now but for tomorrow. And what I say for that is if, if I'm able to complete my journal, then that's a bare minimum of sculpting score. And a maintenance day is, okay, maybe I've done my non-negotiables, but I didn't do my journal. That, that means that tomorrow is going to suffer. The bare minimum is for me to complete my journal. Yeah. And then, you know, I have one rest day every week, but I try and get a sculpting score uh, above 80% every single day. If I can get that, that looks like me doing my non-negotiables, my habits, all things like that. I don't even have to do all of them. But if I'm able to reflect on it and say, okay, I didn't do this today, but tomorrow I'm going to work on it to make sure I do. Every time I do that, I get myself to a sculpting score. And I really like the point that you made about how mm. if you can just focus on your body language, that will probably get you to a 6 out of 10. Anything above that, that means you, you had a good game. You maybe made 90% pass completion. Exactly. And that may get you to an 8 out of 10. But if you can just focus on those controllables which is it's, it's a bit uh, a very uh, important thing for footballers because there's a lot of things that are outside our control in a football game uh we spoke about this with another guest called john johnson who was another uh sports psychologist not explicitly sports psychologist but he he was himself a mental skills coach and okay. talking about the controllables right you yeah. as you mentioned you can control these things and that just by focusing on the controllables if you do that well you'll get a six out of ten Every game, it's it's very it's like everything else. When you are, um, what's the foundation of your performance? And I always say it, it's not that I'm a I'm a good football player. Of course, there's when you go to whatever you do, um, at, in in the beginning the progress will be quite I say exponential. But as you, when you play football your whole life, everybody can run. Everybody's quite strong. Everybody's technically quite good, right? So suddenly, like now, the difference is very very small. I talked to the, 
I had a good chat with a with a coach. He's now the current national team coach of Denmark. Actually, he said he had a great point where he said, "If you guys knew that from Lionel Messi to some of the let's say on the worst professional football players in the world, there will only be about ten percent difference." And I'm like, "Wait, what?" Um, but it's it's very very it's very true because we we think when we watch uh, YouTube, we want to do the skills, we want to do this. And yes, I love watching Neymar. I'm never going to talk bad about watching a player like him and and for him, to, for him to be at that level it's amazing but for me it's and also it depends on your in, in football and your position on the field but in general was really really sets I guess the best also the best in football apart is that they can maintain a consistency in their performances and maybe some maybe it, it's a little different from, from for everybody but the foundation of your performance should always be what you can control. And like I said, that's your attitude. It starts there. It starts with your attitude. How do you take criticism? That's one thing. I always ask people that. How do you take criticism? When's the last time you got criticized? How did you react? And I'm not saying how you, how you felt. Because you might, like, if I get crit criticized, I feel like shit. Oh, shit. I don't, I don't like that. But it's not about if I react with how I feel. Yeah, sure. Then you'll all, you'll all see it. And instead, it's the same. If I sit here and I start laughing, like, ha, ha, ha. It's hard for me to be angry if I'm smiling and I'm laughing. You can control your behavior. So don't always go with what you feel, for instance, with, crit with getting criticized. No, I have to focus on my attitude and my behavior. That's the first step. From there, you can build upon. Then you can start thinking, I have to do more, I have to be more daring or maybe less daring in my decisions or whatever. Then we can talk about the game after or the specific field you're, you're operating within. But it starts with your attitude. Yeah. It's that foundation for sure. And that can get you just to a 6 out of 10, which is, yeah. that's 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 great because, you know, if you can get to a 6 out of 10 every week, then you can start to improve, refine. Yeah. And that, that 6 out of 10 may become an 8 out of 10. And maybe even Ronaldo or Messi they're maybe only getting nine out of tens, maybe even eight out of tens most of the time. So, as you mentioned, that that small difference is between Messi and the worst professional footballer. That's ten exactly. percent. That's that that is only you know the difference between an eight out of ten every game and a seven out of ten. They're just getting exactly. the, the eight out of ten every week, and those are the small things. And and Absolutely. definitely what what you said there puts it in perspective for a lot of people, I think. And yeah, really really good point. Now. Obviously, being aware of the time, we're towards yeah, yeah. the end of the episode now. I want to go through the last question for you, which is, yes. what are three ways that you sculpt yourself on a daily basis? Now, I mean, we've already kind of, in the first kind of question, we kind of went through a few <laughs> things, but are there three things? Now, you mentioned your non-negotiables as well. Maybe these are three ways that you sculpt yourself. What, what would those three things that you do every single day um, so one thing is obviously the training. Training is massive for me. I think it's uh, you said you said like it's like programming yourself, wiring your brain for for for, for a great day. Um, that is important for me. Um, another thing, and that is just me. And it doesn't now. I don't. It's not like I want to bring religion into it. But for me, it's uh, it's my it's my religion. Other will be spiritual in in their own way, and it's it's perfect for me. It's very important that I get to do my prayers. Um, that. It also keeps it keeps me grounded. It's very very important that it keeps you grounded. It can be practicing gratitude. Um, that is uh, that is another thing that is quite important to me and um, something I have as a non-negotiable. Um, 
So yeah, that's also very, very important. And then those are by far the two most important ones. Um, I would say my training and my, my data prayers, because I know if I do that, um, I already have the momentum to, to have a great, great day. Yeah. Awesome. That religion is a, is a topic that I speak about quite often in this podcast. So yeah, it's, uh, also quite a big part of, of my day as well. And I, I like the fact that you're aware of what your, your, your things are that help you get better every single day. There, there's, I'm sure some people who listen to this podcast who may not even have three things that they, you know, they're non-negotiables. They may not have these three things that they do every single day, which help them get better. And it's the first step to getting better is what you said, like the consistency part, you know, if you're able to do three things every single day, maybe that gets to a six out of 10 just for your day. Yeah. And if they are non-negotiables, I mean, for anyone who doesn't know what the word non-negotiable is, and it sounds silly, I, but I didn't know what non-negotiable meant like a few years ago. I was thinking, what does a non-negotiable mean? It sounds self-appearing, yeah, yeah. but doing it every single day, it's no negotiations, you must do it. Maybe that's- You can come home super drunk 5 a.m. in the morning, it's true, but- and of course, I've also been uh, been in those situations, but I still have to train the day after, even though I really don't want to. Um, yeah. And I still have to do my press. It's 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 that's just the how how it looks. And yeah, you might not be as productive as you would have been else, um, but you can still at the end of the day when you go to bed, you can still now you have your your journaling. You can still say, look, yeah, I did, I did, I did, I didn't do a ten out of ten today. I I was not in condition to do a 10 out of 10, but I still did my six out of 10. And you know what, in the end, it's also we talk, uh, one thing like last thing, just for about that. It's also about you build your own narrative about yourself. Um, so many people, they will show up to work nine to five and they'll not be late, they'll, they'll do it every day. And I and one thing that is very important for me to state is when you keep that same accountability for yourself and that starts with having some non-negotiable when you keep, when you start to have that accountability and you don't, and you actually, yeah, I can't let myself down on these things. It's very important. It's more important than anything that I keep myself accountable to those things I say I'm going to do to myself because in the end, and you can say, it's one day, I don't, I don't do it. Sure, you can do that, but that narrative you're building around yourself internally is even more important. And what kind of narrative is that if you can in compromise every now and then here and there? Well, that's also, I think how you do those small things is how you got to do the big things also in the end. Um, that's at least how I live by it. And I think that's how you build a very strong narrative about who you are and who you want to be in the future. Yeah, 100%. I, I love that point because what, what I talk about is aligning your words with your actions. Uh, I talk about how if I tell someone to do something, I've done it before, right? And if I, if I tell someone to do something that I haven't done, then yeah. they don't need to do it because we all might have said that they should do it. Yeah, well, exactly. Whatever it is, al aligning your words with your actions is uh, a very, a very important thing. And yeah, th those, those things that, you know, that narrative, how do you perceive yourself is, you know, I, I think what, what you mentioned that the small things that you may, uh, you know, take a hit on if it's, oh, okay, I'll just do it today. And, you know, even though I wanted to do, I never wanted to do it. If, if I did it today, it's just one day. But as you said, take that to a bigger thing. Maybe it's, oh, I skipped training once. It's, it's just one day. But if you keep on skipping a day, then mm -hmm. that narrative that you built for yourself, you're going to get that into so many other things. And I actually have a, 
people people may think it's narcissistic and, and honestly to a degree it is i i always envision that there's a film crew following me around and i actually make a bit of a joke about it on, on linkedin I, I i say that um i have a netflix series and people are just watching me 24 7 and i make a little post where i have like the netflix thing in the top left corner it's like my story i call i call it the architect and i'm always thinking about okay there's someone watching me i've, I've got to make the best decision right now and and that that source of accountability uh, I think it's, it's, it's kind of what you're talking about there as well. Mm, exactly. It's, it's funny. It's a fun analogy, especially today because so much, um, so many cameras and everything following us around. I like it. It's, uh, it works. It's, it's, it's very legit. I, I like the, the thought process behind it. You should definitely, a lot of people could, I think, seeing it like that would definitely, would definitely live their lives differently if they, yeah, exactly. if they really felt like that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, well, Sebastian, what an episode. Yeah. Uh, I really appreciate, uh, you know, you hopping on today. It was very, very awesome. And I hope that our listeners got to take some notes there. I think the, the biggest thing that we can take away is, is that six out of 10. It was such a great point. And I'm going to, I'm going to have to get editing because, um, yeah, we, we, we've definitely got a few clips to put up. <laughs> so there's, there's some, there's some really awesome things in there for sure. So Sebastian, again, thank you so much for today and yeah it was, it was it was amazing big pleasure pleasure to be here and um yeah um yeah, so, yeah it's a it's a great great experience so very very looking forward to uh to to see what we get out of it <laughs>